Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, thoughts, questions, feedback, opinion, adoration, and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Also connect with us on our uh, online community which we're still waiting with. I haven't seen. Is Facebook re- rebranded or renamed itself yet? But it's exactly for reasons like that that we have community.toddhuffshow.com where you can not worry about getting censored or, um, well, silenced by the Facebook police or those who have a different ideological perspective. And that even goes for the left. I welcome you. Now, you got to keep it clean. you got to keep it clean. I'm not going to... Go for some of this vulgar stuff, but make your point. You can make your case. I'm not going to send you to Facebook timeout just because I disagree with you, as they are prone to do. But anyway, good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like I have to say, off the top, yesterday um, we were unable to broadcast a live show. It was unplanned, unpredicted, as we were taking just a very short a short trip, and during the short trip, there was a minor, and I, it's it's a minor, it's more of just an inconvenience than anything else, so I don't want anyone reading into this or anything, but there was a minor, uh, I don't want to even, I hesitate to say accident, because there wasn't, there wasn't another vehicle involved or anything, but there was just an, an incident that um, involved our fifth wheel being temporarily unable to uh, to travel. So we had to get that fixed, and that couldn't happen until um, the, next, the next morning. So anyway, that is where we were yesterday. I apologize for that, and uh, it is good to, good to be back. There's, there's, as always, lots that, lots that I want to get to. Today and you know as I think about, I th- there's been some things that have been that I haven't gotten to that have been out there for a couple of days late last week and I think I think I do want to start here. President Obama. No, now pause. President Obama, who to the radical left is God's gift to politics. He is articulate. He is uh, well. Everything that is important to the left sounds good, looks good, has a great jump shot, so we're told. In fact, we're almost supposed to believe if he wasn't president of the United States, if he wasn't a community organizer, senator from the state of Illinois, he would have been playing in the NBA beside, I don't know, whoever would have been, uh, I don't know who he would, who would have been playing with at the time, somewhere between Jordan and LeBron out there, um, you know, Hooping it up with some of the greatest in the world today. 
But this is what matters to the left. It's 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 exactly the opposite of what they want you to believe. Leftism is all about immediate reactions. It's about superficial level. It's an inch deep and it's a mile wide. It wants to control every aspect of your life, everything that you drive, eat, drink, wear, think even, whether or not you're vaccinated, whether or not you wear a mask, whether you wear it the correct way, whether whatever it is, fill in the blank, the left is here to tell you what to do, but it's an inch deep because if you begin to just simply ask some questions, if you were to ask them, does your vaccine work and they say yes then you would say why are you so concerned about me having mine there's no answer for that other than you might cause the virus to mutate to which i understand but then you could say well can you still get the virus if you've been vaccinated well yes well, well the virus won't vaccinate if or excuse me mutate if you if you get it um masking that's another thing well i didn't know if i told you this but when we traveled and i won't name the airline we traveled here a week or so, two weeks ago, whatever that was, um, ago. We had, we were on four different aircraft. Two down, we had a connecting flight. Two planes down, two planes back. And most of the time, you know, I felt like the crew was pretty reasonable and, and fair the way that they talked about the things that they talk about as far as wearing masks. Some of them simply said, hey, it's a federal policy. You got to keep your mask up over your nose, over your mouth, and under your chin. Now, one guy took it unto, uh, into his own, what I want to say, I, I mean, he, he really owned it. Like, he, he was on a mission to make sure that you complied. Now, this was just one out of the four, one out of the four air uh, flights that we were on. And I think it was, I think it was the second one, if I'm, I think it was the second one. Anyway, so he gets on there and he says, look, Look, man, I mean, this is my interpretation and my iteration of this. Look, man, you wear your your mask over your nose, over your mouth, and under your chin at all times, even when you're eating, unless you're unless you're actively eating. And actively eating, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like this. Actively eating doesn't mean chewing. So once you take that bite, you pull that mask back up, over your mouth, because you don't know who you're killing on this aircraft. I mean, I'm throwing that in there, but he might as well have said that. And so my point is, leftism, I mean, they're even to the point, that, I mean, just by, I don't need to know anything about this guy. That That is someone who believes, just, just think about how crazy that is, right? I mean, you're sitting in an aircraft already, Um touching arms next to the person in many instances that you're sitting next to you pull that mask down apparently he doesn't understand the size of the virus the size of the holes in the mouth or excuse me in the mask he doesn't understand lots of things but he can tell you specifically how many how many bites i i wanted to raise my hand excuse me sir how many bites can i take how many sips of my soft drink or orange juice or water or whatever can i actually take before i've suddenly become a violation and a danger to everyone else on this aircraft much like in the days at least here i don't know around the rest of the country but you used to have to wear your mask into the restaurant until you sat down at the table then suddenly miraculously the virus couldn't be transmitted if you didn't have a mask on right you could take your mask off 
and I remember seeing <laughs> I remember seeing a graphic once that was well done. And I forget it. I'm forgetting who done who who had done this, but they basically <laughs> drew the graphic that said the virus and it showed people standing up and it's spreading at head level. But once you sit down, you're below that level. So ergo, <laughs> ergo virus doesn't spread. I'm just picking COVID because it's it's one area, just one, just one, right? It's it's the one that has perhaps uh, taken us most, I don't want to say that I, I wasn't surprised by this, but taken us most by surprise because it, it came up. Um, this hasn't been something we watched over the course of many years and decades, as we've seen with regulations on, you know, automobiles or the types of food we eat, carbon emissions. This one kind of popped up. Um, and then suddenly they've, they, again, a mile wide and an inch deep, they can tell you everything to do. But if you ask any questions, they don't have the answers in most cases. And so they don't want you to ask them. So they resort to criticizing, mocking, um, you know, calling you stupid, stuff like that. They're the smart ones. Everyone else who doesn't agree with them are the idiots. So this is what's going on, right? It is a culture war. I've said it on here probably hundreds of times. What we're experiencing in the United States of America today is a culture war. It is a war, and I don't mean that. Heaven forbid some leftist gets this and sends it to Facebook. I'm not talking about some literal armed conflict. I am talking about a metaphorical yet completely real battle for control of the heart and minds and soul of this great nation. That's what I'm talking about. And so and so it is a culture war. It is rooted in worldview. It is rooted in one's belief on a lot of things, on freedom, on the idea of where rights come from. Do they come from government? Incorrect, but the left thinks that they do. If they come from government, that they become the whim of those in government, and they can be taken away. That's why the left doesn't have any problem when these yahoos in Australia say, hey, you'll continue to have your rights if you do what we tell you to do. If you don't, game over, you're going to have to give up your rights. This is how this works to the left. It is rooted in culture war. It is rooted in ideal. Maybe, maybe the better way to say it is a worldview battle or a ideological battle. It's how we view the world, how we view the role of government, what we believe the role of an individual is. Is that person a subject to someone who has power and authority over him or her? Or is that person created in the very image of God? And while they must participate and uh, in a society and get along with others, um, and they must, to some level, respect, of course, the rule of government, they're not to be controlled or turned into some sort of a slave or a pawn or whatever you want to term you want to use here of the government not supposed to happen so you have these two diametrically opposed worldviews and they're clashing all across this country today right so we have elections that are coming up some pretty big elections even though we're in a an off year so to speak we've seen lots of special elections lots of special elections where republicans have outperformed in one elections and we have some governor's races so former president obama who again has a wonderful jump shot and it's really cool folks so vote for him as president and he was in favor of the college football playoff as i remember one voter told us 
um, as the rationale for voting for Obama back in 2008. So anyway, Obama's out here. Think about where we are now. We've got this is in this is in actually New Jersey. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Obama's out there on the stump trying to get him um, to you know to win this election, to win re-election. And I want you to listen to what he has to say. I want you to listen to what he has to say about culture and worldview and how he's phrasing this and framing this. And I will tell you, he's not right on this, but. He needs to be right on this or have people think he's right on this to change the narrative because they absolutely know. They absolutely know if you talk about these these issues, these bigger picture issues, in a way that has any sort of depth or sense or logic, they get annihilated. They're getting annihilated. If people if people vote in even even in New Jersey, right? Even in New Jersey, if people vote based upon how well ideas that are uh, embraced by a, the Democrat Party are working, then they will not they will not vote for the Democrat, right? Obama wants to make this ambiguous and make it about things that it's not really about. It is about culture. It is about worldview. It is about ideology. It is about the role of government. Absolutely unequivocally. So here's how he's campaigning on the stump for New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. New Jersey, we've, we've, come on. That's not, that's not serious. And we, these are serious times and we need serious people. We have too much to get done to be going backwards. Here we are trying to recover from a global pandemic that has killed more than 700,000 Americans, put millions in harm's way. We don't have time to waste on phony culture wars or phony fake outrage that the right wing media are peddling just to juice up your ratings. We should be building on the progress we've made, not tearing it down. Tell us what the progress is. That's not what this election's all about. What is it? Mm-hmm. That's not what you need, Jersey. So instead of forcing schools to cut back, we should be doing more to support the people who are educating our kids. Does that include the people who are pushing critical race theory? Which, by the way, by the way, is a major cultural issue. By the way, is a major issue that's rooted in one's worldview. This theory, critical race theory, is rooted in hatred of one's country. It really is, folks. It truly is. Now, I can say that and at the same time say Americans should be taught about their history, but they should not be taught. Should not that this is a sleight of hand when the left tells you, "Oh, you either want to teach a whitewashed version of history or critical race theory." That is an incorrect. That is a completely false choice. We can talk about the issues and the problems of America's history while also recognizing it is a wonderful place. It transformed, transformed, fundamentally changed life on planet Earth for the better. It's not perfect. Heaven knows it's not perfect. You know it's not perfect, but it is by far and away head and shoulders above anything else on the stage today. It's why people jump. We were... My wife and I went to Key West, and we were down in Florida 
um, a week or so, whenever that was. And I remember standing there. We went to the southern southernmost point, which I'm pretty sure really isn't. I think there's a little bit further point. <laughs> That's another point altogether. But I was thinking about here I stand, right here I stand on the greatest nation on the face of the planet, and that is not an indictment against any other group of people. That's not even uh, that, that's not even a statement that's meant to say I fully endorse the choices of every American. I just mean the the foundation, the type of government, the type of life, the worldview, the ideology that this country was based upon, which is ba- it's built upon truth, folks. And I'm not, of course, I'm not throwing in slavery into that. That was atrocious and a it, it's it is a, a a stain on America's history to put it mildly. But we fixed it. And I stood there on Key at Key West thinking about the people nine a mere ninety miles away. You know, the last time I was there was twenty some years ago and ninety miles I knew was close, but it seems a lot it seems a lot closer the older the older that I get, right? I mean these things, uh, time changes, uh, time seems to go faster. Distances really don't seem to be as far, far away as they used to feel. People would risk everything. People, maybe at that very moment I was standing there, were risking everything to jump on man-made, handmade, heaven forbid I say man-made, human-made, floating objects, milk cartons and floating devices to come across that 90 miles just to have a chance, just to escape the tyranny and the evil and the wickedness that takes place in that island nation of Cuba. Don't tell me this is not about culture. Don't tell me this is not about worldview. We have two diametrically opposed worldviews that are on the ballot. This is across the country, and this is not a blanket endorsement of every Republican. It, just based upon the, the basic ideas, the basic principles that republicanism is built upon and the democratic agenda is built upon, they, they are light years apart, folks. They are truly light years apart. And this these are elections about worldview. These are elections about the type of system that we have, the role of our government, the amount of freedom we're going to have here in the United States of America, whether that's in New Jersey, whether that's in Virginia. Remember in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe said parents shouldn't be telling schools what to teach uh, students. Give me a break. Teachers shouldn't be teaching things that parents say, that voters say shouldn't be taught in the classroom. That's the way that's supposed to work, but that is not the way the elitist work. And what is that rooted in? It is rooted in worldview. It is rooted in ideology. It is rooted in cultural differences regarding how people view the role of government in their lives. The left, the radical left is dangerous. It is anti, now hear me say this, it is anti-American at its core. Absolutely, positively, they don't want to run on ideas. They want to make it about something else, which is what Obama was doing here before I cut him off. I just don't want to get into that at the moment. But the point is, the point is, it absolutely is about worldview. It's absolutely about culture. It's absolutely about ideology. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. By the way, program brought to you by our friends at Indiana Paradise Retreat. Folks, you ought to go to the website. I'm looking at it right now, indianaparadiseretreat.com. This is a beautiful place. Actually situated, located not far, not far from where I am here in central Indiana, nestled on 150 wooded acres, rolling hills, perfect destination for weekend getaways, family reunions, company retreats, workshops, seminars. You can stay for a couple nights or you can stay for a week. I mean, it's, it is really a pretty a pretty place. Nice, serene. You ought to see this pool. This is really nice. Check them out, indianaparadiseretreat.com. Maybe you have a corporate outing. Maybe you need to have some sort of a weekend retreat for a group of board members, uh, maybe a church group. Maybe you are even just looking to get away with your spouse. This might be a good place to check out. Indiana Paradise Retreat.com. Check it out. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So I want to go something over the weekend. I was going to talk about this yesterday. And again, I told you if you missed, you can listen. <laughs> listen to the podcast. I kind of explained right off the top, just for a couple of minutes, I was good. I didn't go into detail. I just told you why we uh, weren't broadcasting live yesterday. Something unpredicted came up, unpredictable came up, an accident. And it's not bad. Everything's fine. You can just listen on the podcast if you missed that and didn't hear that. So I was going to talk about this yesterday. I saw it at Red State, but it was written about at the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal editorial board. Now, I know, I know the narrative out there is the Wall Street Journal is an organization that is, it's conservative, right? Wall Street Journal is conservative. And, you know, in some ways, in some ways, I would say the Wall Street Journal is conservative, especially if you're going to compare and contrast them with the likes of MSNBC, CNN, and I have something from CNN, Brian Stelter. Yikes. These folks, these folks are insane. They, they are truly insane. They don't understand anything that... <laughs> They don't even understand their job. They don't understand what the definition of journalist is. And don't let me get started on that yet because I'll get to that here as the program unfolds. But the Wall Street Journal, when compared to these other organizations, is more conservative. But it is in no way, shape, manner, or form the standard bearer of conservative principles and values. Maybe when it comes to conservative economic politics, but when it comes to a host of other issues, I wouldn't. Sometimes they're right. Some sometimes they're wrong. So I mean I, I don't I just want to make sure that that's clear. This isn't just like Breitbart or some organization like that. But this is what they write in their editorial. The editorial board writes this. We take no pleasure in pointing this out since the United States needs a president who can handle the strains of the job. Mr. Biden was never Demosthenes and all presidents stumble in speech, but Mr. Biden's frequent public confusion about the major issues of the day is a reason for growing public concern. Now, it's a lot more than that. It's not just confusion about the major issues. It's confusion about, I mean, I saw a video. He thought he was shaking a guy's hand, and there wasn't even a person there, right? I mean, we, we've all seen this. What do you mean a growing a reason for growing concern. This 
We've known this from the beginning, folks. This is there for anyone who's wanted to see this. Right? I mean, this, the town hall, you, you've seen clips, you've seen, and again, I don't take pleasure. I've, I've said that. I'm, Wall Street Journal is still in my line because I don't take, I take no pleasure. I don't. Even if I disagree 100% with this guy's politics, even if I think he's a bad dude trying to do bad things, whatever, I don't take pleasure in this being what's happening to the president of the United States. I do not, I don't. Some of you might not like that I don't, but I just, I don't. I just, that's not how I'm, how I'm wired. I want his ideas stopped. I don't want him to win elections. I want these stupid bills they're trying to pass that cost bazillions of dollars to be stopped. I want the growth of government to be stopped. Um, anyway, but that's what it is for me, right? That's why I do this show. I just, I, I want to talk to you about that and not, it's, it's not about personalities and people for me. Yes, they're involved and yes, they should be, <laughs> we've got some bad folks in positions of power. Anyway. So they're just not coming to this realization. So you, you know, some some people are thinking it, it's you know we're going to start seeing talks about the Twenty Fifth Amendment. But again, I think to fully understand what's going to happen next, we have to be able to see what the other choices are, right? The Democrats, as I've said before, the the big the big money in the Democrat Party, the the leaders in the Democrat Party, these are big, powerful, ultra-wealthy people. They don't want you to believe that they're part of the Democrat Party, but they are. And they're not idiots. And they're sitting there thinking, we got Kamala out there. She's our next choice. You know, We can actually instate Kamala if we were to somehow enact the 25th Amendment to get Biden out of there. But we're going to enact Kamala. She doesn't have to win an election, which, candidly, unless something nefarious goes on, I don't see any way possible someone like Kamala Harris wins an election, right? So they they know this. She is not likable. We found out that little cutesy little thing she did with the kids was with the actors. <laughs> actors! She can't even talk to real people. For, yeah, I guess they're real people, but they're pretending to be people that they're not. That's what acting is. You're pretending to be some other character. They have to bring in actors. We didn't have any of this with Trump, folks. And not only that, and I want to play this after the break, Timeout's coming, but Biden, I, something that just reinforces reinforces what the Wall Street Journal editorial board is saying here, if you really need that, given all the stuff Biden has said and just his inability to, to even be coherent in many circumstances. And this, by the way, did not just happen since he's been president. This was, this was a long time running before that. I don't know how many years. It wasn't when he was vice president. That's just when he was saying stupid stuff. But now it is outright just, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's right there for anybody who wants to see it. So I want to play a soundbite from him talking to kids. In a moment of candor, and it leads also into this clip with Brian Stilter. I want to play a quick timeout. We'll do those things when we get back, back here in just a minute. So here we go with Biden. Now, there is no news yet as to whether or not the students he's in front of here are actually real students. Maybe maybe this is part of Kamala's team of actors as well. I don't know. It looks like a real classroom. 
But then again, Kamala's little setup at the White House was supposed to look like a bunch of real people too. So who knows? I put nothing past these folks. So Biden walks in, right? This is East End Elementary in New Jersey. <laughs> I can't, I just, I, the, I don't, I know, I know that these folks have a lot of things to say, you know, they, they speak a lot, they, they talk in front of groups on a regular basis, but I just, just listen to this. This is so stupid. This is the president of the United States basically telling us that he tries not to ask, or excuse me, answer questions that are asked by the media. A media, by the way, that is completely favorable to the guy. A media, by the way, that I would argue is the effectively the PR firm of his administration. By Biden, Biden can't even. He's given these kids pointers on how to, I guess, lie to the news media. Listen to the, listen to this. Now he's talking. You can't see the video, obviously, but he's talking. Mask on, masked up, right? Cameras are out. Mask is on. So. He's talking to a group of students. He picks up one kid in the class. I, I don't know. He talks to the kid like he's the president of the class. I don't even know if this is a thing because the kid looks to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, third grade or something. I don't know. So just l- listen to this. This is the president of the United States. And th- on top of that, listen to the, the laughs, which I think are nervous laughs or maybe even the staff saying, hey, we got to laugh to make this not sound weirder than it already is. Just listen to this nonsense. Hey guys, thanks for letting me come in your classroom. Thank you. Appreciate it. And Mr. President, uh, you ought to talk to me about the presidency. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're president, see all these people here? So awkward. They're, they're with you all the time. They get to ask you all kinds of questions and you try to figure out how you can avoid answering them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What the world? You see all these people here? They get the fault. They follow you around all the time. You know how I kind of crashed your little party here today without your permission? Came into your class? Now these folks get to follow me around all the time. Sometimes they ask me questions that I don't really want to answer them, so I just make stuff up. I mean, is that not what he's saying? Or I need to spin it a certain way? I mean, in a moment of complete candor, he would say, that's what I've got Jin Saki for. That's what Jen Psaki's over here circling her back or, or about, right? She's going to circle back on all this stuff, not circle back on anything, right? Not acknowledge just how terrible my presidency is because, folks, things were a lot better before I came into office. Gas prices were less. Inflation was certainly less. less. There was no talk of stagflation, right? There wasn't a debacle, that we saw in Afghanistan that led to the loss of many uh, American lives unnecessarily because, hey, I wanted to have a, a photo op and I wanted to tell people that we were out of there by August 31st. And we did that by one minute or one second or whatever crap they want to make up. Right? I mean, this is I this is just the truth. We, we get none, we're getting overrun on the southern border. I got Texas asking me for special assistance. I'm not going to do it because I don't care. When Trump was in office, we talked about kids in cages and concentration camps. Now we got people, and we had not that long ago, people living under bridges. We got people we have no idea if they have COVID. I want you to be scared to go outside, but we're going to open the southern border up and let people do whatever they want. Right? This is 
in a nutshell, what's happened in nine months or whatever it is. I don't even like to count because it just it terrifies me to think they're not even a quarter of the way through what they're going to try to do here. And on top of all that, I lie to these, these folks back here. They're part of my PR firm. I call them the media, <laughs> right? Part of my PR firm. Not a joke. This is what Biden, Biden talks. No, not kidding. Not a joke. Right? Corn pops probably back there for all we know. And so this is my my PR firm. And sometimes I lie to them because I can't have you. I can't have you knowing what's really going on in my head for certain. Right? I might want to sniff one of your hair or let one of you rub my leg hair or whatever other nonsense we've got going on. President of the United States. Trump was the Trump was the one. Right? Trump was the one that was just so out of control and unpredictable. You think? In comparison to this, you think? Some tweets that maybe offended some people. But we got a guy that doesn't know, does not know what's going on. We don't even know. Who are we holding accountable for these decisions that are being made? Because we know, Americans know, it's not Joseph R. Biden. He doesn't know what he doesn't. I, I take no pleasure in saying that. He doesn't know. I got to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about CNN, Brian Stelter, and the nonsense happening over there, which <laughs> further proves, they prove by what they say that they are, in fact, the PR firm for Joseph R. Biden and the Democrat Party. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I want to play this soundbite here. Soundbite. This is Brian Stelter, CNN. <laughs> you know, every time I think of CNN, I wonder. I, you know, you know what I think about uh, Don Lemon. Literally, the chief, one of the chief professional deceivers out there, in my estimation. Brian Stelter is not. I mean, he may give him a run for his money. Here he is. Brian Stelter interviewing a journalist talking about how the media should cover the Republican Party because the Republican Party has become in the mind and, well, I don't want to say the mind, in the emotions of Brian Stelter, um, a place for radicals. (laughs) Meanwhile, you have cities burning to the ground by real radicals that are voting to elect Democrats, that means nothing to them. They don't even acknowledge that. That's fake news in their mind, right? City burns to the ground. You got, what was the, uh, Chop or Chaz? Doesn't matter. A country that literally declared its independence from the United States of America in Seattle. That's no big deal, right? Anyway, just listen to this, this exchange. The questions and the exchange, I'm not going to play this whole thing, but this is Brian Stelter interviewing... Um, a female reporter, if I'm allowed to say that, uh, last name is Calms or Calmes, C A L M E S. Just listen to this exchange. Insanity. I want to dive right into your argument uh, about right. what both siderism is uh, and and why it's failing the public. Who who's you know is it that we're treating Democrats and Republicans equally and ignoring GOP radicalism? Is it oh radicalism? Gosh. Is that the heart of the problem? In, in a sense, in I a mean, sense, I, there's yeah. no there's no question that mm-hmm. um, no question. journalists are recognizing the radicalization of the Republican Party. You're um, I think what's changed a little bit is that tr- since Trump left office, there's more of a sense that that maybe we're back to normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, is normal. Uh, b- b- stop. This is normal. Normal is stagflation. Normal is 
abandoning your people in a foreign country where we had been for 20 years. Normal is open borders. Normal is destroying, literally destroying the infrastructure and the foundations of this country. That's normal. That's a return a return to normal. This is utterly insane. Truly delusional. Brian Stelter and his guest here, Jackie Calmez. Listen to I'm not gonna play a lot more of this, but just this is normal to them. This is what they think is normal. You know, this is not a new problem or a new, you know, dynamic. I first started to chafe. You mentioned I was at the New York Times. Well, for 18 years before that, I was at the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. I've never done my job. You know, it's more to, more than a quarter century. I've never done my job or did as when I was a reporter mm-hmm. any differently at both papers, even though the journal's known as a conservative paper. There we go. The New York Times is a liberal paper. They both Obviously. gave news the same way, which well, was fact-based. And I tried to always... I think I'm a very fair reporter and give both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. But what started but, to happen back but. in the mid-90s with the takeover of the House by the House Republicans, and in particular Republican Newt Gingrich, soul. was a new, nasty... Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Let me just pause and say the real problem was Republicans. That's what she. That's her conclusion. And so really what they're saying is, how can a journalist treat both these sides fairly? We got one who's effectively fa- fascist, and the other party that's trying to save America. I mean, how can we treat these equal? Insane, delusional, beyond hope in my estimation. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, look. I mean, it, it's as obvious as the noonday sun. They, they, the media, think that it's their job to tell you what is actually true. They, they literally have no idea, no idea what journalism is. Journalism is precisely telling the story and then letting the viewer, the listener, actually make those decisions based upon who they believe, what story they think is true or whatever what perspective is accurate it gives them the chance to decide but it doesn't if you think your job is well we got to make sure that we people know how terrible these republicans are i mean it's i don't even know why it's worth the, the hassle when i think about convincing them anyway gotta go thank you so much for listening sdgc tomorrow take care